Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey everyone, Richard Blissbrook here with yet another global influencer interview. And you're looking at this guy on the screen, and I'll bet most of you have no idea who he is because he's one of the best kept secrets in a, extraordinary accomplishments. This is Ron White, the author and producer of Black Belt Memory from Fort Worth, Texas, and he is a mnemonics memory expert. And he has done some things with memory that's absolutely going to blow your mind. And we're going to talk to Ron about his life story and his career story and how he came to be perhaps the foremost memory expert in the world. Ron White, welcome to Global Influencer. Hey, thank you. That's a great introduction. You're a great friend. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure everybody's curious. I know you, so I know you're slightly twisted at the personal level. Right. But who is that? Who is that sitting next to you? <laughs> this is my uh, audio guy. See, he's got his headphones on here to make sure the sound sounds good. Uh, so, if any audio problems, we can blame it on him. So, if you want to, that's where you store your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ron, uh, we'd like to dive right into Global Influencer and hear some stories. So uh, what I want to start with is I want to start with the pinnacle of your career. So we're going to go back and put it in context. But I want to start with um, what I watched on Facebook. I've seen you do parts of it on Facebook Lives. I've seen videos of it. It's so mind-boggling. It's just hard to get my head around what you've done around memory. And what I want to focus on uh, are a couple of things. A a kind of your trademark project is the wall. And I want you to tell people uh, what what inspired you to do the wall. What is the wall? What does it entail in terms of memory? And... Then we're going to put it all in context. So will you tell people what the wall project is? Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I'm a, uh, after September 11th, uh, 9-11 happened. I was at my friend's house and he's been one of my closest friends since I was 11 years old. And, and we were just talking and he said, man, don't laugh at me, but tomorrow I'm going to join the army. He had been talking to a recruiter. This was uh, as a response to September 11th. I mean, this is... Yep literally just two, three months after September 11th. And I instantly knew that it was right for me as well. 
So uh, the next day, as a response to September 11th, we both went and we joined the military. Uh, he joined the Army. I joined the Navy because I have an IQ. And we both served for uh, eight years as reservists. So I continued being a memory speaker. But one week in the month, two weeks during the summer, I had to do my military duty. Well, in 2005, he was deployed to Afghanistan. In 2007, um, I'm at the base in Fort Worth where I live. And they said, hey, White, you're going to volunteer to go to Iraq or Afghanistan? I'm like, no, I'm not going to volunteer. That's dumb. But two hours later, White, are you going to volunteer to go to Iraq or Afghanistan? I'm like, no, that's the dumbest question. Uh, two hours later, my boss said, White. I said, Chief, I know what you're going to say. I, I, I can't go. I got a business. I got speeches. But why are you asking me this question? It's the dumbest question I've ever heard in my life. He said, well, we have to send 25 people. Uh, and we're asking, we got a list of people here that we're going to send, but we're asking for volunteers before these people get voluntold. And um, I said, well, I don't want to go. He said, you're not on the list. You don't have to go. Uh, but I looked at number one on the list. I saw his name. I was walking down the hall. Number one was walking towards me. And he said, are you going to go? He had not gotten the news yet that he was number one on the list. And I, and I didn't want to tell him. And I said, man, no, I'm not going to go. What about you? He said, I can't go. I, I just got married. We got a two-month-old little baby. I said, ah, man, good luck to you. A uh, couple days later, my cell phone rings. It was my same chief. And he asked me the question one last time. White, we know you're a no. We know you don't want to go. But this is one last question. Do you, just a formality before I check you off the list. And that, and then it just clicked in my head. Why did I sign up after September 11th if when this moment arrived, I say no? The entire point of me walking in that office that day is so when this moment arrived, I would go. So I said, yes, chief, uh, I will go. Replace my name on the list with somebody else's name. Uh, about four weeks later, I was uh, training in Kuwait. And about two weeks after that, I was in Afghanistan. I did a deployment to Afghanistan in 2007. And now we get to what is the question of the wall. When I returned from Afghanistan to honor the men and women that died in Afghanistan, I memorized all 2,400 of them in the order of their death, rank, first name, last name, uh, 7,500 words roughly, and I will write it out on a wall. It takes me about 10 hours to write it out from memory. Yeah, so I've seen you, uh, like you go to a blank wall and you and you start at the first soldier that passed away. So in order of their deaths, you write out their first name, their last name, and their rank. Twenty four hundred names. Yeah, you know it took uh, it took about ten months to memorize it. The most difficult part of it, without question, was spelling. Uh, if you think about it, the name Jeffrey can be spelled J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, G-O-F-F-R-E-Y, J-E-F-F-R-I-E. That's just the name Jeffrey. So the hardest part was without question spelling. And the best way I can describe it is imagine you're standing at the Vietnam Wall and somebody is creating the Vietnam Wall by writing it out, but they're doing it from memory. That's what I do for Afghanistan. Wow. The first time I ever saw you, Ron, I think was a DSA annual convention event. And 
I'm just guessing there were a couple of hundred executives in the room. And uh, I'll probably butcher it because I don't remember exactly what you did. But I think you, in a very short period of time, like during your presentation, memorized everybody's name. <laughs> is that your? Is that kind of your bread and butter presentation? What is that one all about? Yeah, that's probably that. And I'm, and I'm trying to think about it. I think it was 2008. I think uh, I had just gotten back from Afghanistan. And it was 2008 when I met you, I believe. And that is what I do. When I speak for a conference or a convention, I at the break before I speak, or if there's not a break before I speak, if I'm the first speaker, I'll just meet people as they arrive. But that's what I did. I met people as they arrived and at the breaks. And then when I got up on stage, I said, okay, if I met you, stand up. 100, 200, 300 people stand up. And then I'll, I'll run through and, and tell everybody their name. That was just extraordinary. And, you know, Ron, the thing that struck me about it, which is why I signed up for your course uh, and did, of course, a pathetic job of following through with it. But um, I just think about my career in the people business, which now spans 44 years full time in the people business. Wow. Before that, I worked in the chicken plant. and. I didn't really need to remember too many people's names in the chicken plant, right? Maybe a, a dozen people. But in the people business, I've always just been struck with how much more successful I'd have been in the last 44 years if I would have remembered the names, not just of people I met the first time, you know, and Five seconds later, I can't remember their name, or 10 minutes later, we're, you know, now I'm engaged with them in a meeting, but I met them out in the hallway and I still can't, I can't remember their name. But people that I've actually worked with for an hour or two, or, you know, I spent a whole day in an event with them and I see them a year later and they're going, oh my gosh, so great to see you again. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my, I could have been a multi-billionaire in the people <laughs> business if I'd have just remembered 5% of the people that I met. It's such a pinnacle skill. And the interesting thing is, Ron, you have to ha find this fascinating. Hardly anybody has it. And I'm not talking at the level that you have it, but hardly anybody even has the skill to remember somebody's name they met five minutes ago. And so the, it's low-hanging fruit, right? We don't have to get very much better at this to have a quantum leap in our effectiveness at business. So I want you to tell people the story. Um, how does a guy that came from where you came from fall in to mastering this extraordinary art? Who were you? Where were you? And what were you doing before you ever heard of mnemonics? Yeah, that's good. So, uh, I uh, I'm I'm uh, 46. I'll be 47 in June, and um, I heard about it when I was 18 years old. So, uh, 1991. We're coming up on 29 years, and when I think back to the day that led to me being here where I am today, talking to you about memory. You know, in that time from 1991 to this moment, talking with Richard 
Bliss Brook. In that time, I've become a USA memory champion. I've held the record for the fastest to memorize a deck of cards and some other records. So how did I get from there to there? And it really all comes to, you know, at, at the time I was 18 years old, kind of going to college, kind of not. My parents uh, were getting a divorce right about that same time. And it was just a, a chaotic time in my life. And uh, I took a job as a telemarketer, uh, uh, selling chimney sweeps, uh, uh, the cleaning your chimney. Yeah, that and had to be hard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, basically, I would call people up and I would say, hey, can we come clean your chimney? Hey, can we come clean your chimney? Hey, can we come clean your chimney? 18 years old doing that every day. One day I called a guy and I said, hey, can we come clean your chimney? And he said, Ron, we don't want our chimney cleaned. We're trying to sell our house anyways. Thanks for calling. And as he was hanging up the phone, I said the words that changed my life. If I had not said what I said that day, I would not be talking to you today. I said, sir, don't hang up the phone. If you're trying to sell your house, you need a clean chimney. (laughs) And right And he laughed and he said, man, I love good telemarketers. He said, matter of fact, I'm a telemarketer and I sell memory training seminars. Uh, He said, I'm the telemarketing manager. He said, we'd love to have you on our team selling memory training seminars. Do you want to go to work for us? Um, And then he said, I'll pay you more than you're making now, which was a pretty safe thing to say. Okay. <laughs> I don't, anybody could have said that to me and they would have been right. Yeah. Um, I, this was uh, June, July of 1991. And I met him a couple days later uh, and he explained it to me. And I was so excited about this because in 1991, just a few years prior, I had seen a guy on the Tonight Show named Harry Lorraine memorizing the Johnny Carson studio audience. The demonstration that you saw me do at the DSA, I ripped that off from (laughs) Harry Lorraine on The Tonight Show. It's called research. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was meeting this guy, and I'm like, man, can you teach me to do what Harry Lorraine did on The Tonight Show? He's like, yeah, Ron, I, I can teach you that. And, uh, he did. And that is the process. At the age of 18, I just spent the next year as a telemarketer all day long, making cold calls, setting appointments for memory speakers to go out. And uh, one day I got up the nerve and I said, I want to be a speaker. And they're like, man, you're 19 years old. No company's going to have you be their keynote speaker. Go back and make some more phone calls. <laughs> but it was a process. Uh, that that's how it started. Who do you do? You remember who your first speech was for? I do. It was for a printing company uh, in downtown Fort Worth called Summit Press. Now, when I say first, keep in mind this was I was nineteen years old. This was not a keynote speech for a couple hundred people. This was a speech for five people <laughs> at a Tuesday morning sales meeting. Uh, and the the office is I'm live I live in a condo now and out my window I can see where that building is I get my first speech and I see it all the time and wow. it's so uh, inspiring for me. So did you remember all five of their names? I did not. <laughs> and I think that's a great story too because it gives people hope. 
you right. know, so I'm 19 years old. Uh, I walk into this company, um, and this sales manager didn't say this, but another sales manager about that time did. I walk in and I say, hey, I'm Ron. Uh, I'm with the Memory Institute. I'm here for the meeting. And then the 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 manager said, oh, okay, Ron. Well, whenever the speaker gets here, let me know. We'll all go in together. And I'm like, no, I'm the speaker. And he said, are you, are you still in high school? <laughs> and I'm like, no. In 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 six months, I'll be out a year, you know, or whatever. So I'll be out two years. But um, that that backing up to that first speech, there was five people in the room, and I only asked three of them their name because I was not confident I could memorize all five names. Wow! And I say that to give everybody hope. It's a learned skill that builds. Yeah. So tell us about the learning process from that point on. How did you practice? the art, maybe, I'm, I'm sure you didn't track this precisely, but maybe give us a sense of, did you practice this art, study and practice, study and practice, get coached? Did you do that an hour a day, a half hour a day, four hours a day? Can you give us some sense of what the journey was? Uh, and, you know, that's a long journey to world champion and Guinness World Book of Records and like that's a long journey. What does that journey look like? Yeah, you know it. Uh, it 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 looks like a a roller coaster, you know, uh, or a squiggly line. Especially, I'd say the first ten years. You know, from the ages of eighteen to twenty eight, I would uh, practice it, but it was never with an intent to be a memory champion or an intent to uh, do massive demonstrations like the Afghanistan Wall. You know, I was 18 to 28. I was halfway focused on working out. I was halfway focused on building my business. And I was halfway focused on improving my memory. And I got a little bit good at them all. But there wasn't really any massive growth. You know, it was, it was, but in that time, you know, there was a point where I said, hey, I want to memorize, uh, uh, a, you know, a 200 line poem. And I did. Oh, wow. But, you know, it was just kind of halfway. And then I would say right around uh, uh, 1998, 1999, uh, 2001, probably right after September 11th, I feel like I just kind of went, did a little mental shift in my brain. I was 28 years old. It's hard to believe at 28, then I'd been 10 years into my career. But that's when I think I really started thinking, I don't want to be just a memory trainer speaking for salespeople at, on Tuesday mornings to five people that I want to be the guy on the tonight show. I want to be the champion. So it was a, a shift that happened probably right around September 11th or after. And that's when I upped my game and I did start training an hour a day. Uh, when I was in Afghanistan in 2007, it, there to to memorize numbers, and I'm not going to go into the how to, but I will say this much: to memorize numbers, if you have a picture for every two digit number, you could memorize twice as fast if you had a picture for every one digit number. So, if you have a picture for every three digit number, you can memorize three times as fast as if you, you had for a one digit number. Right. So, when I was in Afghanistan, that's that time there. 
I turned every picture from 100 to 999 into a picture. And during my deployment, you know, I would just be sitting there at my desk when there's nothing else to do, writing out numbers over and over again. My boss would walk by and was like, you are just a complete, the biggest nerd in our entire unit. <laughs> you know? But it was an hour or so a day. And then I started doing memory tournaments and, and hours and hours a day. This morning, Richard, I got up this morning. And I got in my car and I drove to an area of town where I like to go when I'm memorizing. And I recited the United States Constitution for one hour from memory just to practice it. So I still do that. And I did it this morning. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, I want to get to your current projects in the Constitution. But uh, two other uh, key questions. Um, what are some of the practical things that you could teach regular people like me to memorize that would give us a quantum leap in our life? Well, I think the first one, you know, is, is one you touched on, names and faces. Uh, if you think about it, if, if, if this time next in 12 months, 12 months from today, if you knew 100 people that you did not know today, Today And if you saw them in the street, you could say their name, a little bit of uh, a fact about them, a hundred people. That would be a quantum leap in the amount of people that you know. Well, also, if you think about it, that's only two names a week. Anybody can memorize two names a week. So, but with the techniques of seeing pictures. So I think that's one. I think the next one is giving speeches or presentations from memory. You know, anybody is a better presenter when they're not reading their note cards, whether they're talking to one person or 5,000. Uh, remembering what we learn, you know, people are always reading books and I'm sure your listeners are into personal development and then sometimes we don't remember what we learn. So those are the three that I think could be instant and easy. Names and faces, speeches, and remembering what you learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, think about it, folks. <clears throat> if you just were three or four times better than you are, how does that translate to income? <clears throat> how does it how does it translate to relationships in business and your personal life? And just to remember people, just to be able to walk through town, go to the grocery store, and you know, you remember the clerk's name. And yeah, you, she may have told you a year or two ago, but you forgot. Maybe you even asked her two or three times and you keep forgetting. And what if you could actually remember it? That what that does for me, I noticed, is <clears throat> I would tend to call myself an introvert. Introvert, And the number one thing that leads me to be an introvert with other people, I can't remember their name. But yeah. if I could, if you, if you put me in a business setting and I had met people before and I could remember their names, I would be an extrovert because I'd want to talk to them. The number one thing that holds me back from talking to people I know is I can't remember their name. And it's embarrassing. And, you know, when you have a, I, I tend to have a high profile like you do. So, right, you go to an event, everybody knows who you are, and they don't forget who you are. They met you three or four or five, 10 years ago. They don't tend to forget the speaker or whoever put on the event, right, or the coach. And so they know you and they expect you to know them. And if I would have remembered everybody's name that I've ever really had some kind of encounter and relationship with, if I'd have remembered 10% of them, 
my income would be 10 times greater. I know it would. And so would quality of life. So really practical things, speeches, presentations, anything you've learned. <clears throat> so uh, one of the things I want to get present, Ron, in this, the wall is your greatest accomplishment. What are four or five other, you, you mentioned just briefly some of the records you have, but what are four or five other uh, extraordinary feats, pinnacles of your career that we can lay on people to kind of blow their mind that you've done, like fastest to, what is the fastest to record that you have? Well, I uh, held the record for the fastest to memorize a deck of cards in the United States. So they right. shuffled up a deck of cards. Uh, and <laughs> I'm not going to be able to memorize it virtually if that's what you're doing. Oh, look at that. I love that. I got, I got a deck. Just Did you get that in Vegas? I got it mail order, but I do a training with it. But I just, I'm not asking you to do this because that would not be fair because you're not mentally prepped. But I just want to give people a sense of, tell us what memorizing the deck of cards means. So a shuffled up deck. Yeah. How do you memorize the deck? What's the process? What's the, what is the demonstration? So, uh, I would hold it. They're a little bit smaller than that, but, but uh, I hold it in my hand, uh, the palm of my hand, and I would look at the first card and move it and see the second card. So nine, nine of clubs, eight of clubs, and then what's the next one? Seven of clubs. So they're in, they're in order. Well, they're not supposed to be in order. These are really hard to shuffle, by the way. <laughs> All right. So you just peel them off one at a time. But keep holding them in my hand. And I memorize in groups of three. So uh, the seven of clubs for me is uh, 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 a snowmobile. The eight of spades for me um, is Steve Forbes. So now I've got a snowmobile. The next card Steve Forbes. So now I think there's money stacked on top of a snowmobile, right? Then the next one's a Joker, and I don't have anything for the Joker. So uh, the next one is the Jack of Hearts. So that's Madonna. So now I've got a snowmobile stacked up uh, with money, and Madonna's driving it. Yeah. And, and so you go through 52 cards, basically creating a story. That's right. That is a convoluted, kind of like having a bizarre dream that makes no sense. Right. <laughs> Stack of money on the snowmobile going to see Madonna. Yeah. And, and so, so how long did it take you to memorize a randomly shuffled deck of 52 cards? Well, so what they do is, is they say go. You pick up the cards and you look through it and you set it down. The amount of time that you look at the cards is your score. So it took me one minute and 27 seconds to memorize the order of all 52 cards. Then they give you five minutes in a second deck, and you have five minutes to reassemble the second deck to match the order of the first deck. And then they flip them over and see if you're right, and I was right. So minute and 27 seconds, that record stood for about two years. Record's been broken uh, several times since then. You know, it's been 11 wow. years. But uh, And then I held another record by memorizing 167 consecutive digits in five minutes. Um, they give you a sheet of paper. I just looked at them. They took the paper away, and I wrote them, wrote them back out. Wow. 
and then, you know, I'll, I'll say two more, but then I'll say probably one you wouldn't expect. How to memorize a deck of cards, my card record, my number memory record, the Afghanistan memory wall. Uh, I memorized the United States Constitution and I wrote it out of the wall, 4,500 words. So those are some of the pinnacle feats that I would think blow people away and that I'm proud of. But what I'm equally as proud of, and I don't say this to sound corny in any way at all, is I think about the six-year-old girl and the eight-year-old boy and the nine and 10-year-old uh, kids that I taught to memorize the presidents of the United States, all at separate times. You know, I'm friends with all their parents, so at four different times. And I taught these kids how to memorize the presidents. And then the six-year-old little girl, after I spend 90 minutes with her, says the presidents of the, forward, of the United States forwards and backwards. I've I seen think a that video is, of that. That is really moving. And I think it's equally as astounding. I'm equally as proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't, yeah, there was two or three little kids. And what an extraordinary skill to teach little kids. I mean, for going through the rest of their education and then going through life. And of course, I don't know, you would know, but isn't it easier to teach a five-year-old than it is to teach me? <laughs> you know, it is for many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons, and let's take you out of the equation, let's say adults. Um, because a lot of adults, they're like, Adult kids are like, how do I memorize? And you say, this is how you memorize. And they're like, okay, I'll do it. And then you just go to an adult and you say, this is how you memorize. They're like, no, I try, I don't want to do it that way. I got my own way. I'm like, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You nailed that one. <laughs> yeah. So, Ron, tell people uh, if they want to learn more about memory, um, if they want to learn more about you and what you do, uh, blackbeltmemory.com. That's it. You know, I, I, I do jujitsu and I'm a purple belt in jujitsu. And so I called my course Black Belt Memory. One day I hope I'm a black belt in jujitsu. Uh, but I call my course Black Belt Memory on that same concept that you, yeah. when you finish, you get a black belt. That's so awesome. Thank you, Ron White. Huge contribution. I'll bet people are like, oh, my gosh, I got to learn how to do this. Um, I mean, I did. I, I spent, uh, a, I don't know, a full day with you, I think, and then got the course and got into it and then, of course, got distracted but and didn't finish it. But, um, boy, just the process of uh, learning that uh, the one technique that I'll I'll still never forget. I mean, I can still do it right now and I don't. I didn't spend that much time learning it was the rooms in your house and how you associate that with memorizing things is phenomenal. And um, I used it to, to memorize presentations because, you know, I always just wing my presentations and I need more order and memory. And so it's a phenomenal tool. So you guys go check him out at blackbeltmemory.com. If you're ever in Fort Worth, Texas, track down one Ron White. He's probably sitting on a bench somewhere in a park by the river reciting the Constitution of the United States, <laughs> which is how many words? 4,543. In order. Yes. Thank you, Ron White. Hey, it's an honor. I consider you a friend, and I look up to you a lot, so thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Global Influencer. Share this with your friends with your business associates, with your team, check him out. He'll change your life.
Over and out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.